Take your Bible this morning. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. going to read just one verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Focus your attention on the first verse of this chapter. Paul, of course, writing under inspiration, says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ of Christ. I've asked the drama club to come and introduce this sermon for me today. So they're going to come and give the introduction for the sermon this morning. So give your attention to them. I'm Paul. Um, you look very nice today. Um, I'm not a serial killer. I, I just wanted to say hi. Hi. Hey, hey, I'm sorry, man. I'm actually, I'm actually in a bit of a hurry here. I have a, I'm starting a prayer meeting for West Coast Up Close in like 30 seconds. And then I have to call my dad. He's a pastor up in Alaska. I call him every Wednesday at 930. Uh, and then I'm off to class. Oh, class, man, I have an apologetics test today with Brother England. I'm sure you know how Brother England is. He's actually like my brother brother, but his tests just blow my mind. Anyway, so I have that, and then I'm off to work, and, and I'm late. Sorry, man. See you later. Okay. Oh, sorry to, to bother you. Hi. Hello. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? I guess. What do you want? Uh, hey, have I met you before? Oh, no. Um, I have a sister. People say we look alike. I don't really get it. Oh, well, I'm Paul, and I'm from Michigan. Michigan? Is that a state? <laughs> yes, ma'am. It's a great state up in, nestled between the two of the five Great Lakes in the upper Midwest. Um, so what's someone like you doing here? Oh, well, I was thinking about coming to school here. Yeah, this is California. I don't think someone like you would fit in here. But I've prayed about it, and I um, think... I have to take this. Sorry. Hello? Good morning. My name's Ty. What's your name? Uh, uh Paul. Okay, what? Paul. Where are you from? I'm from Michigan. Really? No way. My family, we, we went on vacation in Michigan when I was like nine years old. It was like the coolest thing. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was awesome. Well, what do you remember about it the most? Hmm. Well, that's a tough one. There's so many memories. I mean, I mean we crossed the Mackinac Bridge. Uh, we went to a Detroit Tigers game. Um, we took a ferry across the, the Mac, uh, Michigan Lake, uh, Lake Michigan. <laughs> My bad. Um, and... Um, Oh, and we went, we went, um, we went camping up in the, in the Thumb for like three days. It was so awesome. But the thing I remember the most was how kind the people were. Uh, we went to this really cool church up in Kalamazoo, too. Sounds like you had a lot of fun. Oh, man, I'll never forget it. Wait, are you here for West Coast Up Close? 
Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, do you think the Lord's leading you to study anything, or? Well, I was thinking about studying music, but I don't know if this is the right place for me. Come on, you'll, you'll love it here. I don't know. Everyone just seems really busy, and, well, it's better than me, and... No, no, come on. You just haven't met the right people yet. Here, let me introduce you to some of my friends. Hey, guys, this is Paul. He's here for West Coast Up Close. Hey, Paul. Hello. Paul, where are you from? I'm from Michigan. No way. My dad went there for a pastor's conference a few years ago. I fell in love with the beautiful blue lakes and the tall pine trees. I told my mom I'd love to get married there. Really? <laughs> Have you been to any classes since you came? Um, no, not yet. Well, we're all music majors. We have a philosophy of music class in about 10 minutes. You should totally come with us. It's my favorite class. <laughs> really? After class, we have lunch. Bro, you should totally come with us. I'll walk with you to the SLC. We're at lunch. <laughs> really? Of the campus after lunch. Uh, you should definitely go on one of those. I work in the advancement office and I'm giving a tour at 2.30. Oh, really? Bro, you should totally come to a West Coast basket, basketball <laughs> yeah. game. Games here games are, are epic. You will love the spirit of the student body. I don't always go to the games, but I'm going tonight and I'll sit with you if you want. Really? Guys, come on, we gotta go to class. Come on, come to class yeah, with class. us. Yeah, you should come. You'll love Brother Johnson's teaching. Here, I'll sit with you and you can follow along in my book. Oh, really? You are really gonna love it here. <laughs> you know, it appears from scripture that people wanted to follow the Apostle Paul. If you flip back in the Bible to Romans 16, Paul lists a number of people, people that aren't exactly household names. As he closes that book, he, he mentions them. And obviously they were integral parts of his ministry, people that had interacted with him, people that he had appreciated along the trail of his ministry. And it was obvious from the things that he said about them and their lives that they were people who had endeared themselves to follow the Apostle Paul. You say, well, why? What magic did Paul have? What personality or what characteristic was it in the Apostle Paul that drew people to him, that made him a, a magnet, so to speak, to the ministry I think if you think very long about it, you'd have to come to the conclusion that the reason people wanted to follow Paul was because he was following Christ. His bodily presence was weak. His speech, they said, was contemptible. There were things about Paul that on the surface perhaps would not have been overly attractive or magnetic. But there was something about Paul that drew people through him to Christ. Paul made statements like, for to me to live 
is Christ. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. It was Paul's desire to be like Christ. As a result of that, people wanted to follow him as he followed Christ. Does anybody want to follow us? I'm not talking about social media right now. I'm not talking about how many likes we have or followers we have. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the real us. The real you. Not the one on Facebook. Not the one that you perceive to be when nobody can actually observe you. More specifically, will anybody that steps on this campus today want to come to West Coast because of who you are or who I am? We may think, well, these people that are coming, they'll, they'll sign up, they'll, they'll, they'll fill out an application because Man, when they hear Brother Larry Chapel preach tomorrow in chapel or they hear Brother Bert on Friday morning, I mean, that preaching, it'll, it'll get them. We think, oh, when they, when they hear the choir tomorrow, I mean, the choir's gonna be awesome. When they hear the choir, when they see the excellence of the music program at West Coast, they'll sign up. Or maybe the drama. The drama will get them. I mean, there's a lot of kids that really enjoy that, and they'll, they'll see that drama Friday morning, and they'll say, this is, this is where I want to come to school. Or the basketball game. Oh, yeah. Basketball games. Epic. Spirit. Oh, yeah. That'll draw them. The collegians. The collegians. When we push tonight to get them to come to our activity, oh, they'll, they'll fall in love with this place. The class is tomorrow. They'll get in those classes. Those teachers, they'll be at their best. They'll have an awesome 30-minute class, and, and they'll, they'll be ready to fill out the application. And if all of that doesn't do us, Dr. R's recruiting charm. <laughs> I mean, the man can get anybody to do anything. But I got news for us. It'll be what they see in you that will draw them to West Coast and more importantly to our Savior. I want you to see some characteristics of a follower worth following. Paul said, be followers of me even as I also am of Christ. So what are the characteristics of this follower that is worth following? I want you to see, first of all, and this is not an exegesis of this passage. I'm just trying to help all of us today as we prepare for our guests. Let me give you four characteristics of a follower that becomes worth following. Number one, be glad. Be glad. I know that we are in the midst of a term. We are at the close, really, of a semester. We've been very busy. 
And as a result of all of that, we're tired. It's been a long semester. A lot going on. And we're entering into a period of time that gets even a little bit busier. As we look at West Coast Up Close and then interview days and 24 hours later, the World Impact Conference and, and, uh, and, and traveling home and all those things that are on the horizon and we look at our schedules and we look at our energy and we say, I don't, well, I don't have time for anything else. We're tired. We're perhaps carrying some burdens. There's doubt, it's doubtful that there's a student in here that wouldn't feel a little overworked right now, a little overwhelmed. But did you know that no matter what our circumstances, God commands us to rejoice, to be glad? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He doesn't say, hey, rejoice when it's easy or rejoice when it's comfortable or rejoice when you get enough sleep or rejoice when the food is good or rejoice when the weather's nice. He says rejoice in the Lord always. It's a command. Serve the Lord with gladness. And nobody on the face of this earth ought to exhibit more joy than a child of God. I mean, we got it made. Because no matter what happens in this life, we've got a better life coming after it. Happy is the people that's in such a case. Yea, happy is the people whose God is the Lord. Happy is the man that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. She's more precious than rubies and all the things that thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are the ways of pleasantness. All her paths are peace. She's a tree of life to them that lay hold upon Honor, and happy is every man that retaineth her. Are you happy? Are you rejoicing? People walk on this campus, if they don't see the joy of the Lord in our lives, in the midst of burdens, in the midst of tiredness, in the midst of a schedule that at times can be overwhelming. If the joy of the Lord doesn't come to the top of a life like that, it's not worth following. When I was in high school, I, I was not exactly a prospect for Bible college. I had no interest in Bible college. There was a Bible college in my town that had started my sophomore year in high school. My sister was a student there. I didn't like that there was a Bible college in my town. First year of that college, there were 211 students. And the first Sunday of college, they all came to my church. All of a sudden, we were overwhelmed with 211 college students and faculty. And right from the very beginning, I didn't like it. I didn't like the fact that they would witness to my friends. I was in public high school, and my friends would come back to uh, school on, on Monday, and they'd say, uh, hey, Getch, you're a Baptist. Are you like those kids from Marijuana Baptist College? <laughs> they did not say Maranatha. They said Marijuana. And they put me on the spot because I didn't want to be like them, actually. But I didn't like it. 
And those students would come and they would work in our youth group and they would be around the church ministries and they were always talking to us about coming to college and doing all these things. And I was just not interested. But there was one girl. Her name was Debbie. Debbie Hassey. And Debbie was happy. And she was always happy around me. And Debbie would always say to me, I didn't know her. I didn't have any connection to her. I knew she went to the college. She probably knew my sister. But I didn't know Debbie. I didn't know where she was from. I didn't know anything about her. But every time I'd see her, she'd say with a smile, John, I'm praying for you. And I'll see you at Maranatha one day. And I'd scowl at her and I'd say, no, you won't. But every time I saw her, hi, John, I'm praying for you. I'll see you at Maranatha someday. I never forgot it. And God used Debbie Hassey to turn my attention toward Bible college because she was happy. And I wanted to be happy. Well, I thought I was finding my happiness in other things, in selfish things, but Debbie Hassey demonstrated to me that she, as a servant of Christ, as someone who wanted to give her life to ministry, someone that wanted to go into teaching and influence uh, uh, with her life other people, and yet in all of that, she was happy. It said to me, you know what? I want to be like that. I want that kind of joy. I want that kind of happiness in my life. So today, tomorrow, Friday, who will you influence by simply being glad? But not only be glad, be gracious. Be gracious. You know, little kids are fun to watch. You can learn a lot from little kids. And uh, when you talk to little kids about company coming over, they usually get kind of excited until they find out who the company is. You know, if it's, it's, it, 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 if it's a family, if it's grandpa and grandma, oh, they get all excited about grandpa and grandma coming. They're, they're happy about that. Or maybe it's someone they know from church or whatever, and they're happy about that. Some of their friends are coming over. They're excited about that. But if somebody is just coming over, little kids, you know, they kind of like, why are they coming? And, and if the family that's coming, if they have little kids, you ever watch... When the mom says, uh, honey, take Susie to your room. Let her play with your dolls. You ever watch what happens? Take her to my room? Play with my dolls? Are you kidding me? You know, they're my dolls. She's not going to touch my dolls. She's a stranger. I don't want her in my room. Dad says, son, show, show, show Johnny here your, your, your bike. Let him ride it. Dad, it's my bike. And kids are kind of territorial that way. If they do get their toys out on the floor, they don't let the other kid play. You just watch. <laughs> you know, I'll play with the toys. You watch. Don't touch my toy. That's my toy. They, they kind of get protective, don't they? Because it's their stuff. It's their room. And all of a sudden, these intruders that they don't know have, have entered in, and they, they don't really like it. You know, if we're not careful... In these next hours, we can become a little immature like that. We can get a little territorial. 
with our time. And it might be, it might be good things, like I gotta go pray, I, I, I gotta call my dad, I, I, I gotta go to class, I gotta take a test, I, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. And we get a little territorial of our time. I don't have time for these kids that are coming to visit. Let them look at it, let them see it, but just get out of my way because I got things to do. Our space, our dorm, our friends. Hey, those of you that are dating, is your dating so important that you won't even look up to see a visitor walk by in the next three days? Are you so absorbed with each other that you wouldn't step out of that zone for just a minute and say, hey, let me take you to lunch. Let's go to lunch together. Or do you have to have lunch with your girlfriend? You have to sit with her in chapel. I mean, that's the only time you have all day. If we're not careful, we can act just like a little four-year-old and say, this is my college. This is my comfort zone. This is, this, is, this is my place. This is my place in the lunch line. This is where I sit in chapel. Uh, 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 don't, don't get in my space. You know what Paul said to that? Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. As these high schoolers come in here today and they're around us tomorrow and Friday, look, we need to step away from what's so important to us and invest ourselves in somebody else that could follow Christ. All these things that you're doing, they're important. And, and, and they're important to you and they're important to your future and they're important to you serving God. But God wants us to be involved in others who can do the same. One of the qualifications of ministry is, is being given to hospitality. I wonder if we meet that qualification. If we don't exercise that opportunity in these next few days, are we even qualified to graduate and go out and be an assistant pastor or go teach at a Christian school or lead a music program or a youth group or, or go into event? If, if we don't meet the qualification of ministry in these next three days of giving to hospitality, how are we going to do it out there? I have a pastor friend and they had their first daughter. Her name was Elizabeth and Elizabeth was a very, very smart little girl. She, she picked up things very quickly. And because she was very smart, she was, she was way advanced in, in her ability to comprehend things and so on. Her parents, when they wanted to communicate with each other and her not knowing what they were talking about, they, they started spelling words so that she wouldn't know what they were talking about. You know, she's, you know, three years old, two years old. And so when they didn't want her to, to know that they were talking about maybe disciplining her or sending her to bed soon or something like that, they would, they would spell out some words so that she couldn't figure out what they were saying. Well, her sister came along and when her sister was born, Elizabeth started doing this to her sister. And it was a pastor's home, and one day they, they had a family, a new, a new uh, convert, and uh, the family come over to their house for fellowship. And uh, they had this group there, and they were fellowshipping on a Sunday night after church. And Elizabeth was getting tired. She was getting weary. She, was, she wanted to go to bed. And so she said to her mom, 
in the middle of the conversation. She said, Mom, when are these people going to go H-O-M-E so I can go to B-E-D? And she kind of just assumed that if she spelled it, they wouldn't understand what she was saying. And you know, sometimes we, we kind of feel like that when guests show up and we're like, when are these people going to go home so I can get back to my norm? I can get back to my girlfriend. I can get back to my schedule. I can get back to study or I can get back to my friends or I can get back to what I want to do. Be careful. Be gracious. Be gracious with your time. Be gracious with your energy. Be gracious with, with uh, uh, sharing your friends and sharing the opportunities here at West Coast with these that are coming to see it. Uh, when, when people got around Jesus, the Bible says in Luke 4 and verse 22, and all bear him witness. That word all is a big word there. And all, everybody that came in contact with Christ, and all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. One of the things that people were always impressed about with Jesus was those gracious words, that gracious personality, that gracious spirit. Be glad. Be gracious. Paul said, I'll very gladly spend and be spent for you. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Some of these young people come on this campus and they're unsure of themselves and they're not sure this is where they maybe want to be. They're just checking it out and maybe they're even a little critical or uh, they're looking at things that, that uh, maybe, uh, you know, we wouldn't think they would look at and, and maybe they're saying certain things. But Paul said, hey, I don't care how you treat me. I'm going to be gracious toward you. And by the way, Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto you. So when you spend your life for somebody else, when you are gracious towards someone else, it may not be returned by them, but God's keeping track. And God says, when you give, don't worry, I'll give back to you. That next date with your girlfriend would be really cool. It'd be really great. That test that you need to study for, I'll help you a little bit more with that. That schedule that is so important, I'll, I'll make up the time to you. God says, you give, you be gracious. Be glad, be gracious. Thirdly, be genuine. Be genuine. No one is impressed with a hypocrite. Let love be without dissimulation, without hypocrisy. I, I have no question in my mind that the vast majority, I, I, I would say 100%, but that's, that probably would be inaccurate. But I would say the very vast majority of students in this college right now if I were to ask you if you loved God, you'd say yes, and you'd, you'd be telling the truth. You love the Lord. You do. It doesn't always show in everything we do. It, we're imperfect. We're sinners, saved by grace. We're not, we're not perfect, but, but we love God. And we're in a place called West Coast Baptist College, and the reason we're here is because we want to serve God. We, we feel that, that calling in our life. We feel that urge in our life, that nudge in our hearts to, to do, give our life to God, to serve him. And, and it's our desire to, to change the world. I think that's true of this student body. So you know what you need to do in the next three days? Just be yourself. Just be yourself. That's who we are. That's West Coast. 
We are eagles. And what we are as West Coast is, 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 is genuine. It's, it's true. We do love God. We do want to serve the Lord. We do want to make a difference in this world. We want to change this world for Christ. We don't know exactly how we're going to do it. We don't know how God's going to use us in that plan. But we're here because we love the Lord and we want to serve the Lord. So let's show these kids that. Don't, don't be embarrassed about talking about serving God. You get around these kids, don't be embarrassed about talking about your Bible reading, your prayer life, people you've influenced to come to church or seen saved. Don't be embarrassed about that. That's who we are. We don't have to try to recruit kids here under false pretenses. We are West Coast. And what we are is a school that's training people to serve the Lord. Don't lament the fact, yeah, I'm called to ministry. It's probably going to be a bummer, but I'm called. Bless God, I'm going to go. No, be glad, be gracious, and, and, and be genuine. The calling of God is the highest call you can receive on earth. And so be who we are. And then let me say fourthly, be gravitational. Be gravitational. Let's make sure in these next days that we are drawn up close to Christ ourselves. As Paul said, be followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. In other words, Paul had to make sure if he was going to have anybody follow him, he had to make sure he was drawn up close to Christ. That that pull, that magnetic pull to Christ was, was secure in his life so that he was mimicking, so he was walking with God. But, but, but draw up close to Christ. Let's make sure we're right with him so that when we get around these guests, because of our closeness to God, they will be pulled by that gravitational pull in our life to Christ as well. I don't suppose anybody will really be drawn to Christ or even drawn to West Coast if they come and all they see are kids in chapel playing games on their phone. I don't suppose that'll really influence anybody. Oh, it'll influence them, but not toward Christ. I don't suppose anybody will want to come here if, if somebody trash talks the preacher after he gets done preaching or makes fun of somebody in the dorm because they're a little different than they are. I, I don't suppose that'll really draw anybody. We need to be gravitational. And the way you do that is you've got you've to gravitate your life toward Christ. And as Paul said, as I'm following Christ, you just, you just follow me and we'll both be in sync with Christ. We want these young people to see a, a, a Christian young person here in college who's happy, who, who's, who's thankful, who's serving the Lord, and, and, and that's what they want in their life. I would hope our spirit would not push someone away or polarize someone from Christ, but would rather draw them to Christ. Tonight we'll try to draw these young people into our collegians. They had something at the college I went to called societies. It was basically the same thing as a collegian. It's called a society. I didn't know about that when I went there. I didn't know the names of the societies. I didn't know who was in them. Didn't much care about it. 
actually. My first day on campus, a sophomore in the college came up to me. His name was Doug. I didn't know him. He came up and he said, hey, what kind of ice cream do you like? I said, what's it to you? <laughs> it's none of your business. He said, come on, come on. What's your favorite ice cream? I said, chocolate. I, I don't know if chocolate's my favorite ice cream, but I wanted him to leave me alone. Actually, at that point in my life, I'd never had chocolate ice cream. My parents only bought vanilla. <laughs> we had to pour chocolate syrup on it, but to make it chocolate. But I like chocolate, so I said chocolate. He said, you come to the K. Rooks meeting tonight. I'll have all the chocolate ice cream you can eat. I promise you. Seven o'clock. You come to this room. He gave the room. He said, you come. I'll give you all the ice cream you can eat. I went. I wanted ice cream. Two years later, I was the president of the K. Rook Society. I found out later it meant preacher. The preacher society. Through that society, I met the right kind of people. People like Doug Jackson, who was the president. Who got me to come because I wanted chocolate ice cream. And through that kindness, and boy, he brought ice cream. But because of that kindness, he drew me into a society of, of young preachers, got me around him. You know what? After a couple of years, God called me to preach. I became the president of the K. Rook Society my junior and senior year. I loved that society. The only reason I ended up there is because of ice cream. Because of somebody taking interest in me. You don't know these kids that are coming on this campus tomorrow, many of them. We won't know them. I don't know them. You don't know them. Some of them we might. But how could God use us to influence somebody with just our manner, our enthusiasm, our joy, our demeanor, our, our work ethic, our excellence, our excitement that draws somebody closer to Christ because of who we are. That's all Paul is saying. The goal is Christ. The goal is to get these kids to love God, to serve him with their life. But he's going to use us. And so maybe this morning, before this all begins, maybe we need a recalibration of our life. Because we're not going to have any followers of Christ if we're not following Christ the way we ought to.